Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette, and here with me is, as always, Omar Pozos. What's up, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to the what's up, you guys, because uh, some of our friends uh, gave me some grief for it. So shout out to Sarah. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Omar, I'll put it back on you then. How, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm on like this high and, and just very motivated. We just had obviously our first uh, ever VGFN retreat. Woo! So that's where, babe, that's where you have to hit the... The pause. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, on my game with the, the yeah. buttons. Yeah, so I'm feeling, you know, energized. I feel like we were mentioning yesterday on our team calls, like I, I feel like my cup is full and it was just so cool that, you know, we had um, a fantastic group of women that came and played all out. They were vulnerable, they shared, and, and everybody, I think, just made such a big, uh, significant stride in their whole health and fitness uh, journey, but also in their growth, in their mindset. I mean, it was just incredible. Yeah, I am. I agree. Like my cup is so full because, you know, and for our listeners too. So this was a retreat we held for our highest level clients. Part of our forever fit program is what we call it. And it was incredible to have these women come in from all over the country. And, you know, most of them didn't, hadn't ever met each other before other than, you know, being able to virtually here and there, sometimes chat, sometimes getting on our team coaching calls and whatnot, but to be able to actually get in that room, come in, just feel just surrounded by women who, you know, despite having different age groups, different careers, different backgrounds, these women all came together and left with just these incredible bonds, incredible connections. And it just, it, gosh, it makes me feel, I feel like I'm so getting goosebumps fulfilled. just kind of talking about I know, it again. <laughs> I know. Uh, but you know, I, I wanted to even, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really what inspired me to want to record this episode is, you know, as we were at this retreat and I was kind of stepping back and I was thinking about it because I've been to many of those types of things in the past as an attendee. Like I've yeah. been to retreats, I've been to just different types of like group settings like that before. And something that I used to really struggle with, and I've talked about this before in different episodes of that, I used to struggle with binge eating. I um, had binge eating disorder in college. I went to therapy for it. Like I really struggled with these things. And I've talked about that before, of course, but in those types of settings, when I'd be around a group of people, especially people that, you know, I wanted to like I wanted them to like me. I wanted to be just enjoying myself. Feel I, like you like felt part of the group. Kind yeah, of thing. exactly. Yeah. I would typically find myself in this just routine, I guess you could say, where I would undereat in the times that I was eating around other people. Like I would probably be, you know, restricting a little bit here and there, like a little bit just 
self-conscious of how much I'm eating and I might just not eat as much as certain things. And then at night, typically, you know, if I had my own room or something along those lines, I would then take the snacks or the desserts or the different things and I would eat them alone in my bed and I would overconsume them. I would binge. I would eat until I felt sick sometimes and I would just feel guilty as I'm eating these things. I would feel terrible as I'm doing it, as I'm in that state. There was that voice in my head that was like, don't do it. Stop eating. Like you, you feel gross. You feel stuffed. Like you feel uncomfortable. Like stop putting the food in your mouth. It doesn't even taste good anymore. And yet I would still continue to do it anyway. And those memories from those moments are so burned in my head because of those terrible emotions that I felt of the guilt and the shame and just physically uncomfortable that night and the next morning. Of course, I wouldn't sleep well after overconsuming yeah, food. And so all of that to say, it was really cool when I took a step back and I kind of reflected and I was like, wow, here I am in this type of scenario. Of course, I'm the one putting it on this time. This is at the retreat. Yeah, at the retreat this past weekend. I'm thinking, man, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that many years ago that I would have gone into a situation like this and I would have come out feeling terrible because I would have binged at night. Yeah. And now in these types of situations, it doesn't even cross my mind. Now I know how to eat to fuel my body. I can be surrounded by all these different amazing foods. We had an incredible in-house chef. chef Shout Mike. out to Chef Mike. <laughs> amazing. Everybody loved him. He was oh, he awesome. He was incredible. And the meals were amazing, yeah. but even when it was like incredible foods, like the, oh my gosh, the, the French toast casserole on our brunch on Sunday, that was just to die for. Like even then, like I had the, the amount that I felt like I needed and even though it was delicious and it was like super palatable and I definitely could have overindulged on something like that. I was able to listen to my body and say, oh, you know what? I'm full. I'm good. I'm satisfied. Uh, time to move on and connect with people and do the other things. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think that it was across the board, it felt like everybody was on that same page where there was an amazing spread of food. There was fresh fruit, there was bacon, eggs, you know, uh, French toast casserole, and, and it was just so good. And then <clears throat> at the end of, uh, what was it, Saturday night, Mm-hmm. where everybody was like, you know what? Um, let's go look up what uh, flavors of crumble cookies are out this week. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh no, crumble. Here we go. So um, we, or I, I think uh, some of the girls ended up ordering some of the crumble cookies. And I don't know, there were probably like two dozen cookies in there for, for a good group of people. But everybody, you know, we split up the cookies. Everybody had their fair share of them. We enjoyed it. We made experiences. And I think the next morning when we ended up tossing the leftovers, you know, there were still a good bit of cookies left. But Everybody, you know, just enjoyed the experience and and the cookies were just there for us to enjoy, but it wasn't that everybody was focused on the food itself. It was just a very different atmosphere. And for a guy, for me that, you know, I have had issues with binge eating before as well. It's, it's very, um, rewarding and very just, it's just a great eye opening experience because I can see that, you know, there are ways to navigate and get out of this hole of just, you know, feeling like you have to eat everything and anything just because it's in front of you, right? Yeah. And that's why I am just, I'm so freaking proud of like the environment we've created in this group of women and how we've been able to teach them how to understand fueling your body and like being able to find that line between giving your body enough of the right nutrients to support 
your health, your longevity, your hormones, and, you know, achieving the body composition you want, but also having that balance to where you can enjoy the crumble cookies with your friends. You can drink the alcohol yeah, at night. Of course, of drinks, you know, we yeah. had a couple of drinks, like, like you can live life and you can have these things without it being just like one or the other. You can have both. That's what our women are doing. That's what our clients are doing. That's what we do. And that's why I wanted to have this podcast episode because I know binge eating is so freaking common. It's not talked about enough. It's really, it it happens a lot um, in the dark for women because I know there's a lot of shame and guilt around binge eating. Um, You know, technically, I, I think the definition of binging itself is just the the consumption of large quantities of food in a short period of time. And it is, of course, typically associated with binge eating disorder. But I also want to be clear that you can be someone who is struggling with the act of binging, the behavior of binge eating, without necessarily having a diagnosed clinical binge eating disorder. Um, a lot of women, like I was saying, it, it's it's hard for them to distinguish if they are just overeating at times or if they are in fact struggling with binge eating because you know a lot of times they're embarrassed they don't talk about it and there's so there's just not a lot of conversation out there yeah. about this topic and so I think a lot of women just aren't able to even recognize or become just aware of the fact that they do potentially have a problem but um the way I believe it was on Mayo Clinic I looked up to just get my wording nice and clear here it was stated that you may have binge eating disorder if for at least once a week over the past three months, you have binged. And binge eating disorder means you have at least three of these symptoms below while binging. And these symptoms are one, eating faster than normal, two, eating until uncomfortably full, three, eating large amounts of food when not hungry, and four, eating alone because of embarrassment. Um, and five, feeling disgusted, depressed, or guilty afterward. So again, if you're experiencing three of these symptoms while binging, and this is happening for you uh, around once a week, maybe more, then that would technically fall under like, this actual binge eating disorder. So let me ask you this, Vanessa, because um, you know this is something that, like I said, I've kind of had some experiences with. It hasn't been anything to where you know it's been super... Um, uh, serious to me, meaning like it hasn't, you know, uh, prevented me from kind of continuing to go, uh, make progress towards my goals or anything like that. But like when it comes to binge eating, would you say like eating, I don't know, like once a week or every once in a while, like, is that okay? Or is it, you know, I guess, quote unquote, bad? Or what What are your thoughts on you're, that? You're asking is binge eating once a week? Okay. Yeah. So I, I want to be clear here too, that there's really not, and I, I think that people do confuse binging with overeating quite a bit. And there is, you know, overeating here and there occasionally is normal, you know, within our American yeah. society of like the way <laughs> Americans eat, you know, we're, we're definitely overserved food at restaurants, um, you know, our holidays and different like activities and things largely revolve around foods. So, like it's normal to eat past the point of fullness. What is not normal is when you pass that point of fullness and you feel really negative emotions, you're feeling really guilty, 
and you continue to eat almost in a way of wanting to like punish yourself mm. almost of like, and this is for me, this is what my experience was with binge eating. And I, I, I know this is not everybody's experience, but I know this might resonate with some women. So that's why I want to share. But for me, when I was really deep in my binge eating disorder, it definitely was characterized by eating in secret, um, typically at night, typically in my bed. And it very much was a, you know, sometimes it was planned. Like I went into this knowing that like, I just want to, I want to like overeat right now. I want to just eat everything. Like it would be, maybe I buy a whole pack of Oreos and I would sit there and just one by one eat almost the entire pack if I could. Like I would get to the point to where I felt horrible. Like my stomach was hurting. I felt really, really nauseous. And like I, you know, it gets to that point where like the taste of the Oreo doesn't even taste good anymore. Like I've, my, my taste buds have like stopped responding to it. And right. Cause of how many you had eaten. In yeah. A short and yet of time, I'm right? still just one after another, just eating it, eating it, eating it. That's unhealthy behaviors. And it's unhealthy because it's mentally really, really hard on you. This is going to come with a lot of just negative self-talk. You're going to, you know, physically you feel really bad in the, the way that your mind interacts with the way your body feels like those two are going to work in tandem together. So if you physically don't feel well, you mentally aren't going to feel well either. And then same thing of if you are, you know, mentally not feeling well, like maybe you're really stressed about work. Maybe you're dealing with other things in your life. Now you're medicating with just eating all this food. Now physically you aren't feeling well. Now you're going to feel even worse. Mm. And so that's where you can end up in that spiral and, and, that's why to circle back here and answer your question, no, it is not okay to be binge eating even once a week. But I don't want anybody to feel shame if they currently are binge eating, you know, once a week or maybe more, maybe less, however often that is. I, I'm not saying that for you to feel shame. I'm saying that for you to have the awareness that it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to recognize that like maybe there is something you're struggling with and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. And I love that perspective because at the end of the day, you can't fix what you're not aware of, right? So you having the awareness of you recognizing that, hey, maybe these habits aren't the healthiest or aren't the best thing for me and getting that help or getting that, you know, uh, just, I guess, awareness to start working on improving those thoughts or those behaviors is, is kind of what, you know, will make the difference. Um, and I'm curious for you, and I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Like, what do you think, like, what were the things that led you most to binge eating? Was it stress? Was it like anxiety or what, what was it that kind of caused it for you? You know, that's a really great question. And it was definitely, you know, it took a lot of unpacking and therapy for years <laughs> of figuring out where did this really start? And yeah. of course I know with a lot of people, like a lot of these things, they do start like even sometimes when we're really, really young, you Childhood know, so much of our so much of just our beliefs, like deep ingrained that think, beliefs that we aren't even totally aware of, like yeah. our deep subconscious beliefs are established from the time between, you know, when you're born and when you are about seven years old. Mm. That's when you are a sponge to where you are observing everything and you are internalizing everything. Yeah. And, you know, you think about that, like, you don't even remember much from those first seven years of your life, right? Like we have like little bits of memories here and there, but like we don't actively be like, oh yeah, I remember when I was four years old and walking around and hanging out with my family. Like you don't, you don't have those types of like a lot of vivid memories, the way you can think back on like, oh, I remember when I was 20 and I was hanging out with friends, Yeah. but your body remembers 
your body has those types of, you know, I, I even instincts almost, right? Yeah, instincts is good. Like I was gonna say traumas, but you know, I have to, I want to be careful with that word too because that can have a lot of different meanings as well. But yeah. your body remembers those things, and so there are things that maybe led to me binge eating and developing those habits and behaviors and that disorder eventually that might have started from childhood. But there's also a lot of things that maybe I absorbed from media, from watching TV, from, you know, hearing things said in school growing up to just observing different things and internalizing those yeah. things. Well, I know that even, in, and I don't think we ever talked about binge eating at the retreat, but one of the comments that I heard from somebody was, you know, um, the reason that I eat so fast or the reason that I just have to feel like I have to finish everything off my plate is because when I was a kid, my dad would take the last bite out of my plate and she's like, it was something so innocent. And, and for me, she's like, it turned into me thinking that my food was going to be taken away. So I had to eat it really fast. And, and instead of listening to my hunger cues, I was focused on not leaving anything on my plate. But yeah. little triggers like that are just so interesting because as a kid, you're like, oh, it's something innocent. But then you develop all of these different um, believes and like you said, uh, instincts, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, when you get older with it, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And you know, I, another thing with like binge eating specifically, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, obviously human beings, we need food. We need yeah. to feed ourselves. We need to fuel ourselves yet there is too much of a good thing. And with the way, like, especially food is in our modern world, so much of food is just very hyper palatable and it's it's engineered to give you these like feelings internally that make you want more of it. And that's normal. Then that's normalized. But because of that, a lot of times that can become too much to where now we have foods that we associate with certain feelings like comfort, mm. peace, like love, essentially, like these things, these happiness, like these feelings that we're typically as human beings always chasing. And when, you know, the, it's, there's ways to achieve those feelings that are hard. There's ways you could achieve it by, you know, doing something that you didn't think you were capable of doing and proving to yourself that you can. And now you feel really happy. You feel really proud. You feel really at peace. Or I could just go buy this box of Oreos and I could just eat these Oreos and I could feel that right now, right away. And so we start to train ourselves to where we think, okay, like, that's easy. I can just grab that food out of my pantry and I can just eat a lot of it and I'm going to feel really good instantly as I'm eating it. But it's diminishing returns. As you have more and more of it, you start to feel worse and worse mentally at the same time, often because of just the body image issues we have throughout society, especially as women and the pressures upon us to, you know, look and feel certain ways. Like there's also the guilt that comes with, oh no, I'm eating this thing that I know is, you know, really high in calories. And I know that calories are bad. And you just get to that place where now you're, you simultaneously, you're eating something that makes you feel kind of good because you're like, oh, this tastes really good. And it feels really good. But at the same time, mentally, I'm having these thoughts that are reinforcing this, like you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You are fat. You are worthless. Like you are disgusting. You're never going to find love. Like these terrible negative thoughts are starting to happen at the same time and they get louder and louder the longer that you like are just eating and filling yourself to that point of just feeling gross and it's a cycle and that's what people get caught up in or at least that was really that was my experience that was something I had to spend years working through and 
you know, within that too, I want to be clear. Yes, I'm talking about on this episode of like how I have essentially stopped binge eating, but I don't believe that I'm never going to binge again. I don't because that's not realistic. What is realistic is recognizing that I'm going to over time get better and better and better to where I'm learning my body. I know how to fuel my body. I know how to make myself feel good in my body and how to eat in the way to make myself feel good. And as my life continues, as the years pass, if or when I do binge eat, they're much like smaller instances where I don't eat to that point of just like feeling disgusted anymore. I can tell you the last time that that happened was June of 2021. And I did, we had a podcast episode after that happened. I For opened trip up about to it. Charleston. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? It wasn't. Well, it was Charleston. And then it was like that month that I just like really yeah. just reignited a lot of binge eating behaviors. And, you know, that was the last time that I had like a deeper instance of binge eating. But even then, it paled in comparison to the binge eating instances that I was referencing before, like in college. Um, And so that's like, I want to reassure people too, that you don't just one day reach this finish line of you're like, yes, I am, you know, I'm recovered. (laughs) I no longer ever binge. I'm never going to binge it again. Like there are probably going to be instances in your future where it might resurface and nothing is wrong with you. It's okay. It's normal. It's natural. It's part of that recovery process because, you know, uh, unfortunately, like, food isn't something that we can just avoid for the rest of our life. Well, a lot of times too, I mean, food is like a place of gathering where, you know, people sit around the table and chit chat and, you know, you make friends, you talk with family, you enjoy holidays. I mean, I think our society as a whole just revolves very much around food and how it makes us feel. So yeah, I think thinking that, you know, you can just simply be, it's not like you can say, Hey, I'm just going to avoid food altogether. And that problem will stop. Cause like you said, we have to eat in order to survive, right? Exactly. And, you know, the thing about binge eating is like not in any way to minimize the hardship that is overcoming alcoholism or overcoming um, a drug addiction or things like that. But when you think about those instances, you can get to a point where you just never drink again. You avoid bars, you avoid situations where there are alcohol, there are steps you can take to just remove that from your life completely. With food, it's not the same. You can't avoid food forever to make that your way of preventing yourself from binging ever again. You can't just completely remove yourself from any kind of, you know, social gathering that food is involved in. Like food is part of life. We have to eat in order to live, in order to have energy, in order to nourish our bodies, in order to survive. But it's also a part of our social lives. Like you were just saying, Omar, like it is hugely intertwined into our holidays, into just how we celebrate things. Like just think about like you had something amazing happen. You're probably going to get maybe like some cupcakes or cookies or something to celebrate. Like or anniversary, you go to dinner, birthdays, you're like, hey, let's go out to eat somewhere fun. Exactly. Like food is a celebration. So we can't, you know, solve our binge eating disorder by just saying I'm never going to eat again. We have to learn how to stare that binge eating tendency in the face and say, that is not part of me anymore. Like that is not my identity. I am no longer the girl who struggles with binge eating. 
I am someone who is in control of my behaviors around food. And I am someone who loves my body and wants to nourish my body and wants to treat it well by not binging anymore. Mm. That's the, I love that perspective. Um, it's fueling your body, right? It's, it's you really learning how to best fuel your body to help you reach your goals. And just having that mindset, I think is a big, uh, just big change in how you can go about, you know, discovering some of these things. Yeah. But and so really coming full circle too of like, that's why I'm really, really proud of myself of looking back and like, wow, last weekend, like that was the type of scenario where years ago I would have been really triggered in that. And this time around that never even crossed my mind, did not cross my mind until I was thinking about this today. And that's why I wanted to do this episode because it's no longer part of who I am. It's no longer something I struggle with. And I'm just, uh, I'm really proud of how far I've come. And I'm really proud that we are creating a community of women that we're, that doesn't promote that type of behavior. Yeah, or restriction they can, or anything like they that. They can eat the crumble cookies and feel good about themselves. They can drink the alcohol and feel good about themselves. They can feel comfortable knowing that they can do those things. And they can use the tools, the education that we provide to also know how to actively work towards fueling themselves appropriately to reach their individual goals. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more like more of what it is that you did to kind of help you, like you said, work on that dimmer of improving and getting closer to, you know, getting to the bottom of this thing. Yeah. And I love that you just referenced the dimmer switch analogy. That's my favorite analogy. (laughs) I've used this a lot before with talking about just like nutrition and diets and different things that, you know, it's not a light switch. It's on on and off. It's a dimmer switch. Sometimes it's dimmed down. Sometimes it's dimmed up a little bit. Yeah. But That's how it is with binge eating too. The goal is just to make it happen more and more infrequently and to make the binge eating instances happen to less and less of a degree to where eventually it's almost never happening. And if it does happen, it's hardly, it's just like a little blip in your eating radar. It's hardly a binge anymore. That's where we want to get to. So what are the three things that I have done to get to this place where I no longer struggle with binge eating and I know how to fuel my body? Well, Number one, I let go of food rules. This one is huge and I wanted to start with this because I swear every single diet and just like program and different things I see out there, they all have food rules involved. Meaning like you can eat this, but you can't eat that. Like here's a list of foods that are good and here's the list of foods that are bad. Like here's your meal plan of things that you're allowed to eat until you reach your goal. And or like, these are like the points that you have to, you know, uh, earn in a certain day by eating these types of foods and avoiding these type of foods. Yeah. And it's like food is food. Or like you're <laughs> not allowed to eat gluten. You're not allowed to eat dairy. You're not allowed to eat sh- refined sugars. You're not allowed to eat this. Like there's so many rules. Yeah. We do not have rules like that in our program, in our coaching, because rules promote just a negative relationship with food and a negative relationship with your body, guilt around eating. And eventually a lot, many times they end up becoming these types of behaviors, maybe not necessarily completely becoming binge eating disorder, but I can tell you that many of our clients, if not majority of our clients do, who have done different diets in the past, come to us with some level of binge eating. And that's something that we have to work through with them because of the food rules. We have to unpack them. We have to get them to realize that you can eat any food you want. The only limitations you should ever have around food are truly just allergies and like true intolerances. Like for my, for me, for example, and of course in my 
most recently working through my hormone health journey, there are foods that I was limiting before specific reasons for the short period of time. I was limiting dairy for this period of time because for me and for my body, it was inflammatory. That does not mean that I suddenly am creating this belief that dairy is bad and that I'm never going to eat dairy again. And if that I, if I break and I eat dairy, then I am bad and I have failed. Like I'm never going to have that kind of belief. Like that's not going to serve me anyway. It's just something I'm doing for a short period of time to achieve a specific result for my health. On the other hand, there is gluten, which I am deeply intolerant to. And at least unless just things change in the future with, you know, science and everything. I'm probably never going to really eat gluten again. And I'm okay with that. I don't feel limited because I know how gluten makes me feel. And I just, I'm not interested in eating it. It's not like I feel restricted. It's not like I feel like gluten is bad. Like I encourage our clients to eat anything with gluten in it. Like we work through, you know, eating sandwiches and pizza and all the different things because you should know how to eat these things in moderation, feel good about your body, feel good about your choices and just recognize that it's it's part of life. Yeah. And one of the things that I've uh, kind of learned from one of my coaches was, you know, you're like you, you were saying, like you're an adult, you can eat almost in this day and age, any food at any given time, meaning you have, you know, uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever app you use. But essentially, w- because of where we are today, like you have so many different types of foods available at any given time. So when you go or when you are in a situation where you're like, hey, I need to eat my fourth, fifth slice of pizza because I can't have pizza again. Well, that's just not true. I mean, you have so many pizza places. Vanessa, um, you know, shared our experience with our Barcelona pizza a couple episodes Uh, back. Best pizza in the world. And, and, you know, sure, it was delicious. It was amazing. But we also have pizza here in the States. So it's not like I'll never be able to eat pizza again. So just recognizing that you're like, oh, I can, I'm a grown person. Like if I want cupcakes tomorrow, I can have cupcakes tomorrow, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that really takes me to number two on this list of things that I did to personally stop binge eating. Number two is the flexible reverse dieting system. So this is something that we actually take our clients through, you know, really probably about 90, 95% of our clients start with our flexible reverse dieting system. And that is where we take them through a process of incrementally and very intentionally increasing the amount of food we're eating and increasing from a point of getting the right amounts of nutrients, the right amount of macronutrients and micronutrients and calories as a whole. And the reason we go about this is because we need our bodies to feel safe. And I know to some people that can sound like almost woo woo, but I want to repeat that and emphasize that your body has to feel safe. Remember what we were talking about early that earlier that we have deeply ingrained traumas that we aren't even aware of because there are things that we might have developed in those first seven years of our life to where we don't even actually actively remember developing that essentially that story but yet it's it's living inside of us and your body remembers so for a lot of people especially when they've struggled with their weight and they've tried dieting and they've tried starving themselves. They've tried just cutting calories. They've tried cutting carbs. They've tried these different things. What they've done is taught their body to recognize that like restriction is the norm because majority of my life, I'm on a diet. Majority of the time I am trying to eat less. 
I am associating like hunger with almost a good thing of like, good job. I ate less or like, Ooh, yes. Like I'm not full from this meal. That's a good thing. I'm on, you know, I'm going to be skinny from this now. And we reinforce that belief over and over again. Sometimes not actively, like most of the time, not actively like aware. Yeah. Not on purpose yet. We are still creating that belief. And even if you get to a point where now you are aware, you are awake to the fact that you have this belief deeply inside of you. As you're working through this, your body is still remembering that belief to where if now let's say you're like, all right, I'm good now. Like I want to jump into losing weight. So I'm going to cut my calories. I'm going to go into that calorie deficit into that uh, fat loss phase. And you go into that too soon and your body remembers that feeling of restriction in that first sign of hunger. Guess what your body is going to do? It's going to send the signals to your brain to say, you know, like alarms are going on of like, we feel restricted. Danger, danger. Yeah, we need to <laughs> binge eat. We need to just store a bunch of calories. Like yeah. we need to grab those like hyper palatable foods and just eat as many as we can. And tomorrow we're going to start over. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry. Like we're just doing this for tonight. It's okay. Just eat as much as you can right now. And then tomorrow you're going to start over and it's all going to be okay. And that's like these just like thoughts going on in your head. And a lot of times subconsciously, a lot of times you aren't even aware of them, but that's what's happening in your body. And so that's why we start our clients through this phase of achieving body recomposition through eating more food. So we can still achieve a lot of times getting like really significant changes in how our body looks of adding lean muscle, decreasing body fat. But we're doing that through reducing inflammation, through teaching our body that it doesn't have to feel restricted and through changing our habits and our behaviors and our beliefs around food and eating. And that's the main thing right there. It's the beliefs that you have to change when it goes or when you're talking about food, because the amount of times that, you know, we get this from people that we chat is, you know, I'm so scared to eat more or, you know, what is that going to do or, or how is that going to affect me? And and I get it. And I tell this to them all the time. It's, it is scary because everything you've learned from day one to now is to eat less, less, less and work out more, more, more. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you said, when your body is just not in that state of where it knows that it's not going to be starred for the next, you know, however many days, it, it really triggers something very different. And and, and part of the reason that it's so hard is because people are always eating, you know, 12, 13, 1400 calorie diets. And then they're like, you know, I just have no motivation or I have no self-discipline to stay within my program. And I, I kind of want to reach out and be like, girl, like it's not the 1400 calories or it's sorry, it's not you or the lack of motivation that you have. It's the approach that you're taking yeah. that's making weight loss or whatever goals you have be so hard. But at the end of the day is it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah, exactly. And that really takes me to the last point on the three things that I personally did to stop binge eating. And that was reframing the stories in my head. And so really, of course, it comes back to mindset, which we we do a ton of mindset work, a lot of just essentially neuro reprogramming with our clients, especially in our forever fit program, where we do dive deep. We do go deep into what are the stories, the limiting beliefs, the traumas, these things that are just disempowering and are holding you back. We uncover those, we break them, we reform new beliefs that serve us. And that's what fuels our clients to that finish line, to where they can achieve the results they want to achieve. And a lot of that starts with the fact that I had to do 
a ton of mindset work with myself to get to the point where I am today. It's not as simple as knowing how much to eat and how to work out. It's really, truly reprogramming your mind. And so for me, when it came to binge eating, I realized that I had this, um, this habit of every time I'm in like these social situations, I might, maybe I'm restricting, maybe I'm not, but regardless, I would always end up going back on my own after the social situation and binge eating that night in secret. And when I would do that, it would always end up causing me to look back on that memory with feelings of just like disgust, with feelings of shame and guilt and just feeling bad. And so that's why I was able to say, you know what? That's not how I want to feel. I don't want to look back on Thanksgiving with my family and just remember feeling terrible the next day. I don't want to look back on, you know, that weekend trip with my friends and just remember how terrible my body felt for the next week because I was so inflamed and I was so bloated and just like I felt so horrible and I felt just guilty and I just felt like I'd set myself back and that like, you know, starting to have beliefs of like, you're never going to have the body you want to have. I truly had points in my life where I did not think it was possible for me to have a healthy fit body. I did not believe it. And I had to re, I had to shift those beliefs. I had to work through that and get to that point so that once I could actually believe that it's possible for me, that's when I was able to take those action steps to end the binge eating to work through that. So really coming back to the biggest thing for me was I always, always, always remind myself before any type of social situation, holiday, gathering, anything where food is largely involved, I remind myself that I want to look back on this with only positive memories and positive feelings. And so I let that guide me through my decisions and how I eat throughout that time. I love that. That's a great uh, point. And I never even thought about the emotions that you start to, you know, save, I guess, or, or, or uh, you know, have around certain um, events or holidays or anything like that. But, you know, the other thing too is, you know, people hire doctors for, you know, when they're not feeling well, people hire, you know, uh, I don't know, people to cut their hair or you hire somebody to fix your car or do this, like, why would you not hire somebody or really speak to somebody that knows how to help you navigate through all this stuff, right? And put yourself in a community with other people that are going through the same stuff so that you can see that you're not alone in this whole journey, right? And I think that's honestly what makes everything so powerful for you to be like, hey, I can lean on this person because she understands me or I can talk to this person about what I'm going through because they're going through the same thing or they may have gone through the same thing and they're on the other side of it. And if I wanna get to the other side, you know, in the fastest way possible without having to have all these hardships or creating all these negative memories is, you know, do something that makes you a little uncomfortable and, and talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, step number one, if you are struggling with these things, if maybe this episode even brought awareness to you of like, you didn't realize that you struggle with binge eating and you are recognizing that within yourself now, I am telling you the best possible step you can take is hiring a professional, a coach who specializes in this area to help guide you through those steps of working through that. And I do, I am a huge believer in therapy and in mindset work and different things as well. So I would encourage you, if possible, work with a therapist, work with a life coach, work with someone who really also can help you through those things because we do a ton of mindset coaching. But I also want to emphasize that there is a time and a place for seeking professional help from a therapist, a mental health counselor as well. But lastly, all of that to <laughs> come full, come around here. And I do want to share that, you know, this is episode 90 Woo, of ready? the podcast. 
hope it's so, not too loud for people. They're probably like, what the heck? We <laughs> are coming to episode 100 and to celebrate over these next 10 episodes, we are offering a giveaway for a $250 gift card to Amazon. I mean, there is a lot that you could buy. $250, man. I mean, Heck with yes. Thanksgiving or, or Christmas oh coming around, I'm like, that could be, you know, two, three people that you buy Christmas gifts or for. Or you could just buy gifts for yourself. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff on Black Amazon, Friday, guys. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. some great. So how do you good. win this $250 gift card? It is stupid simple. All you have to do is go on iTunes on our podcast and leave a rating and review. iTunes or Spotify. Yeah, iTunes or Spotify. Um, ideally, iTunes. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> because it, it really does, you know, the reason for this too is it helps us spread our knowledge to help other people by, you know, iTunes does work with an algorithm and it does share the podcast out to other people when it has great ratings and reviews. And so we want to, you know, encourage more of that sharing behavior. But to be to actually be entered in the giveaway, you must leave the rating and review and then screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Vanessa G Fitness. And I will confirm that you were entered in the giveaway. And you know, we'll keep you updated, guys, on you know how many entries we're getting, but I, I will be interested to see if people actually enter this. You I might will. have that's, a really, really good That's exactly what I was going to uh, say. People chance don't of winning. usually enter these giveaways, so <laughs> if you are, and the more times you do it, the more chances you have to win, you're probably one of the few that will do it, um, so your chances of winning are very, very likely. Yeah, there you go. If you leave a review on both iTunes and Spotify, that's two entries for you, Yes. so you could double your double your chances there. But that is all for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens. Talk to you in the next episode.